the first book looks uh, Nur in Lebanon. You see some places in Lebanon. It's about a little girl visiting her grandparents in Lebanon. It's a story of all the Lebanese kids from the diaspora. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Baladins Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladins art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Are you thinking about visiting Cairo? Instead of staying at a regular hotel, check an amazing option of Yasmina of Cairo B&B. As a dancer herself, Yasmina opened her stunning home in Cairo to dancers from all over the world, where she offers accommodation, home-cooked food, dance classes right there at her own home studio next to your room, as well as photo shoots. You can take classes with Yasmina or other teachers, check her parties and workshops with live music, and ask her to help you navigate Cairo, for instance, to figure out how to book shows to watch or which sites and places to visit or where to go shopping. And as a professional photographer, Yasmina also offers photo shoots at the B&B with its beautiful oriental backdrops as well as on locations around Cairo and Egypt. Book your stay at the B&B or a photo shoot with Yasmina by contacting her on Facebook or Instagram at Yasmina of Cairo or by emailing her at yasmina at yasminaofcairo.com. Links will be included in the show notes. When I think about our today's guest and our today's episode, it brings me so much warmth and smile on my face because it's a very special story about how day-to-day life of belly dancer can bring even more inspiration for different forms of art, of creation art. So, Delia is a French belly dancer currently residing in Switzerland. She has been involved in oriental dance for 20 years and currently works as a full-time performer. She's the resident dancer at a five-star hotel in Zurich in collaboration with musicians. She does projects together with Syrian musician Zahar Asaf, who studied music at the conservatory in Syria, and they regularly organize charity shows for Syria and different causes in Syria. Delia is also a mother of a four-year-old daughter who inspired her to write two children books, Nur in Lebanon and Dance My Love. In our today's conversation, we talked about the very beginning of Delia's Baladin story and she, how she got invo- inspired by... Natasha Atlas, even before she actually got involved in ballet dance. We talked about her performance career and situations where she had to sort of persuade venues that ballet dance can be classy and elegant entertainment for their audience. And we are talking about European countries where ballet dance is not necessarily part of the culture, and especially if we are talking about hotel venues. We also talked about her experience of pregnancy and motherhood as a belly dancer from this perspective, how she um, 
had adjusted to her dance decisions to fit the new reality of her life, as well as what adjustments or tips she had to incorporate in her motherhood in order to uh, still continue and be successful ballet dancer. We also talked about inspiration to write books and how motherhood got that idea and why she decided to write those books in different languages about those particular stories and how it helped her to not only explain her profession to her daughter but also make a difference and contribution in upbringing her daughter and giving her more understanding reality about her own cultural heritage. And also, on top of everything, Della is a podcast host too. She has her own podcast in French language. So we talked about the idea of why she created it, uh, where the concept first came from and how it is evolving now. So all this and a little bit more as usual in every episode of the Baladance Life podcast. Don't forget to screenshot and share it with your friends afterwards. I hope you will find it interesting, inspiring and useful and you will be able to connect to our today's guest, to our conversation. Let us know what you liked the most, what got you surprised and don't forget to check show links today because obviously I'll put all links about her books and podcasts and her projects right there. It's this time of the year. The Belladins bundle is back with sale running from November 2nd to the 10th. This bundle brings together dance teachers from around the globe who teach online and it offers a unique opportunity for dancers to purchase a package of classes from not just two, three or five teachers, but from more than 30 instructors. You're basically getting a 90% discount comparing to the total price you would pay in case of purchasing each class separately. When else do you get the opportunity to try out a ton of teachers and subjects like this? With a combination of pre-recorded classes and scheduled online events, the bundle ensures that you've always got something new to practice and a group of people to dance alongside. No matter your level or the amount of time you have to dedicate to your dance at home, you'll find several courses and subjects that work for you in the bundle. But remember, you can purchase it only during the sales time from November 2nd to the 10th. Check out thebelladensbundle.com or find it on Instagram at thebelladensbundle to see this year's teachers and get ready to dance. It's thebelladensbundle.com, link in the show notes. Hello, Delia. I'm so happy to welcome you at the Belladens Live podcast. It's interesting to welcome not only a dancer, but also another podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for agreeing to join and do an interview for the Belladens Live podcast. And I'm really happy to talk and uh, see you today. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for having invited me. I'm very happy because I'm a big fan of your podcast, of course. As I told you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm really happy to hear it. Um, probably, as you know, as you heard on the podcast, I very typically start conversation from the very, very beginning. So can you please share with us your story? How did you got involved in ballet dance and how it grabbed and kept you <laughs> with it uh, for so, so long time? Uh, so I started taking dance classes uh, in my childhood, in my village. So it was more jazz, a bit of ballet, and uh, something we call dance show. Basically, it's creating choreography on any music. And I did also a lot of uh, rock and roll. 
then I stopped to take dance class when I was like uh, 13 and uh, I discovered in parallel the oriental music before before taking belly dance class I fall in love with oriental music how did it happen where was the point of connection there the point of connection is uh, in France we have a big Arabic community and in high school I had a lot of Arabic people in my classroom so they used to listen to oriental music then I was really attracted I really liked it and I was already uh, all asking for a translation and what does he say then I love the language the music and it really took my heart and uh, also I was um, visiting some friends and I uh, went in a Syrian wedding and of course I heard many oriental music then I fall in love so much mm-hmm. then I went to see a singer her name is Natasha Atlas do you know her she's Egyptian yeah. Mm-hmm. So I went to see her uh, in a concert and she started to dance a little bit on stage. So I said, okay, uh, in September, I will try a belly dance class. It uh, looks very, very, very nice. So I went back to dance and uh, I started um, to take classes with a teacher. Her name is Jamila Heni Shebra. She's, uh, she has Algerian roots, but she's French. And uh, which is very interesting, she's um, very into Egyptian style because she's a student of uh, Rakia Hassan and Ibrahim Akef. So she's really into mm-hmm. Egyptian, Egyptian style, even if she comes also from the ballet. So she has all this, uh, you know, she's very hard and harsh and like body position and hands and feet. And uh, so it was a very good school from the beginning. I see, I see. And um, how old you were when you stopped taking actual classes? More uh, like, dance, uh, 18. 18. And uh, 18 is the age when we sort of start thinking about potential career, maybe choosing university or some, depends on the country and the age, some maybe already enrolled in the university first year. So what kind of profession was on your mind uh, at that point? I was a patient by media and journalist. So I studied the media communication to become either journalist, either um, someone working in marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went to marketing and I became a copywriter uh, in French, of course. And I worked for 10 years in the biggest radio in France. The name is Energy. And I was creating the advertising you hear in the, on the radio. So I was in a studio all day long and writing the text and choosing the music and coaching the comedians. Uh, it was super nice. It was creative and, uh, and very nice. Yeah. Mm, so it's in general like creativity and uh, strive for creation and coming out yes. with something. It's, it's yeah. a new <laughs> in general. So when you start taking uh, ballet dance classes, because you got inspired by Natasha Atlas, uh, which I don't remember ever hearing the story of foreign dancers, like, you know, getting actual inspiration. Usually it's from like Shakira or Cloney or um, (laughs) some ballet dancers in Egypt or Turkey during their travels. I'm, not, I'm sure there are people who got inspiration from Natasha Atlas. It's just, uh, I'm curious to know, when you start taking your ballet dance classes, was it according to your expectations 
Or did you have the moment of thinking like, okay, maybe that's not what I expected? Or how how was it for you? I didn't have any expectation. Uh, I directly fall in love with everything. So it was not about thinking. It was about feeling and uh, being just in love. And it became then Oriental, then became an obsession. Mm-hmm. So I started to take as many workshops as possible. And I was lucky because close to my home city, like only 50 kilometers, uh, a teacher, her name is Farida Saidi, she was bringing all the best Egyptian teacher. So I have been lucky and I could study with Rakia Hassan, Randa Kamel, Yusri Sharif, uh, Momo Kadus, all this Egyptian teacher. And also she brought Jelina, Hadia from Canada. So I, just close to my hometown, I was able to take a lot, a lot, a lot of workshops. So mm-hmm. even if I wasn't 100% satisfied with my main teacher, I have been able to take something else from many, many, many teachers. I see. By your description, like, uh, from what you're saying, like, your hometown doesn't seem like, like you know, a big uh, uh, town with, like, variety of things. Big one? It is? Big one. But uh, in terms of workshop, uh, Farida, she really made the difference. Even if it was not my town, it was another one which was close, because she was, uh, yeah, she was one of the references in France and and one of the, how can I say, best teacher, and she brought Egypt to France. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Like that's cool way to put. And uh, uh, I know many teachers are trying to recreate this experience for students, so that's really cool and inspiring to yeah. hear. But how about uh, beyond classes, Belladin scene in your town? Um, have you seen any ballet dance shows actually back at that time? Like, okay, you saw Natasha Atlas, but she's a singer. She's doing a singing show. It dances like true. it's not really about dance, the show. So I'm curious when you saw uh, the first ballet dance show, was it in your hometown or was it somewhere yes. else? Yeah, actually, <clears throat> the first time I saw a ballet dancer, this is how I started to dance as a professional then because... Um, at that time, 20, 20 years ago, I was a vegetarian. The only place I could eat at the veg- vegetarian in my hometown, which is very known for meat, is the Lebanese places because they have a lot of vegetarian options. So as a student, I was, study, I was studying media, communication. I was studying in this Lebanese restaurant. I was going every day, studying and eating. Then they were playing uh, Arabic music. They were playing uh, Najwa Karam, I remember. And uh, I was a bit singing. And then I talked with the owner. She was a lady. And I told her, oh, I like this song. And she told me, oh, really? I said, yes, I'm, I take belly dance class. And she told me, why don't you come to dance in our, our restaurant? I said, really? Is it? I didn't know it was a work, actually. I didn't know you can mm-hmm. do it as a profession. So I said, I don't know, no, I don't think so. And she told me, come Saturday evening, because they have a room inside, uh, inside, underground. Mm-hmm. Come Saturday evening, check what the dancer does and see if you like it. And if you're good, we will try. And if you're good, we can keep you. And this is what happened. I went this Saturday night and um, I saw the dancer and I said, yeah, I think I can do it. And uh, the point is they had a super nice orchestra with mm-hmm. uh, four Syrian musicians. So, you know, because I loved music first, 
I saw the orchestra, the dancer. I say, okay, I want to be part of it. <laughs> so this is how I started. Yeah. And uh, dancing and um, ballet is activity for you. Uh, do you keep it as your main activity today, yesterday, or is it uh, uh, just part of your life and you have other oh. parts of life? It's been 10, 10 years I quit the radio uh, and I went from my home city. I moved to Switzerland, to Zurich, uh, to follow my husband. Then I quit the radio, the media, the writing, and I went deeply. I dived into belly dance only. Mm. Yeah. It was a big change. Yeah. Why for you, why didn't you decide to pursue in Switzerland and Zurich, like also some, I don't know, radio, media, activities because you sounded very excited and very in love with what you were doing and what was that um, uh, decision making point of just focusing fully on uh, validance no because i said it was very nice but i was fed up after 10 years of uh, writing and 10 years is so long and every day and uh, i wanted to quit anyway and i got this opportunity to come to switzerland and um to, to yeah i was not living alone anymore so i could uh, if i fail i could have time to find another job or trying something else this is one and two zurich is a german speaking uh you know switzerland they are divided you have mm -hmm. french speaking part italian speaking part and german speaking part and zurich is the german speaking part so anyway i don't speak german <laughs> so right and it would be complicated i guess in professional so level dance, right away the yeah. dancing was perfect yeah. and, uh, and i was obsessed with belly dance uh, again 10 years ago so i wanted to only be a dancer i see how easy it was to get involved in belly dance community in zurich uh, it was quite uh, smoothly, actually. Uh, I met very nice people. Uh, a lady, she was running a school. She asked me to give classes. So I I was coming. The school was open. The students were here. I just have to give my classes. And then I met a nice dancer. Uh, she was living to Argentina one year. And so she took me and she showed me all the place I can dance. She introduced me to... She was super nice. And she introduced me to restaurant owner and this kind of thing. So I went directly and it it worked very perfectly mm. from the beginning. Yeah, It was like very smoothly. And uh, so I didn't have to try hard and to, yeah, it was very smoothly. And was it the same style like dancing with musicians everywhere? Or was it like different spots, different venues? Uh, no, mostly here. Yeah, here I have also musician and an orchestra. But it's kind of new. Uh, when I arrived 10 years ago, it was only dancing in restaurant, not on live music. It was on uh, MP3 music, mm -hmm. recorded music. But then I met my musician. His name is uh, Zahir Asaf. He's a Syrian. And he composed for Oriental dance. He loves Oriental dance. So he's been in the field. It's been 20 years ago. Uh, uh, 20 years also. He's uh, in the field. So it's very also easy to work with him because he loves belly dance. He knows belly dance. We can talk about dancers, about styles, about many things. So it's a blessing that I have met him because then we work together and we have a lot of um, weddings and parties and uh, Arabic events. And um, yeah. Did you have any songs and music composed specifically for your shows? 
No, I didn't. I didn't ask him because it's so much work. <laughs> so no, basically, you just um, work with um, arrangement of already existing songs uh, for the yes. show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And depend, it, we really adapt to the place where we work in. For example, it's been three years now. We work in a five-star hotel here in Zurich. Uh, so it's kind of new let's say, for me. Um, so we had to rearrange the music to make something more soft, to make something adapted to the audience. Uh, it's very different than working in a normal Lebanese restaurant, being in this uh, five-star hotel. Yeah, I was just about to mention, because like, let's say in Cairo, it's a common thing. Five-star hotels, uh, they often will have shows and often will have shows with dancers. But in Zurich, Okay, I understand for Lebanese restaurant, I don't know, maybe Egyptian, Turkish, whichever restaurant, or even other restaurant, it's around the world became more or less typical, maybe not necessarily expected or common, but it's sort of like it's not big surprise to see a dance show in a restaurant, whichever it is, even Italian restaurants, sometimes they once per week, they will do something like that or once occasional shows. But in a hotel in Zurich, to have a ballet dance show, is it like Lebanese hotel? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's probably just a normal hotel. Um, so how did it work out? Why would they want to have a ballet dancer there? Uh, I will tell you one. First of all, they didn't want belly dance at all. They wanted only oriental music because they thought oriental dance will be vulgar. Uh, maybe they had bad experience. I don't know. Uh, then uh, my musician, he pushed. And he said, it's either me and the dancer, either I don't come. He really took the risk to refuse this big uh, contract. And they said, okay, let's try. And they saw that it's not vulgar. It can be very elegant. And uh, so finally they accepted it. Why do they propose belly dance? Because they have a lot of clients from uh, the Gulf area, Dubai, Kuwait, Qatar. So those kind of people, they want... Even in Switzerland, they want Arabic entertainment, Arabic yes. food. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They are not so open for something else. Usually, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking in general. Uh, this is one and two. They open sometimes a pop-up restaurant, so they change the tema. And sometimes they have this Lebanese pop-up restaurant with a Lebanese chef that works in the hotel. But sometimes he's just the only one who cooks, and it's Lebanese. So this is a full concept: food musician and dancer mm, I, see. I, I was just about to ask about the audience and uh, if you sort of like uh, adjust your show for more uh, foreign or western I would say uh, audience uh, or is it more your show is typically you know maybe Egyptian or more Arabic because it's a different show and the dancer will need to adapt her show knowing for whom she's performing to make sure the audience actually has nice and smooth experience not just to see one or two dances but to see the entire show <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I adapt every time I go. I watch, uh, I look at the audience, who, 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 I check, and I check the nationality because uh, in the Fiverr Star Hotel, they have like a WhatsApp group, like kind of WhatsApp group. And they say, this client, this table comes from this country, is very important. This is a princess from Dubai. This is a brother of the Emir of the Qatar. They have all this information. So they gave it to, they give the information to us. And so we uh, we work accordingly. Mm. Uh, that's interesting because it's not only about in this case about dance show itself it's about um 
in a way, custom service uh, in sense that you need to uh, be in tune uh, who is your audience and custom share is not in the sense that you are sorry, but there is an element of very specific adapting your communication, even your dance communication according to audience. So it's, a, I, I meant it's a skills. Uh, it requires a skills of uh, custom service. Like I remember I used to work in a theater as like a box office and house captain. And I remember like all these skills about communication with clients or the visitors, the patrons who come to theater and how much it transforms into uh, business aspects that you need to deal like, let's say with clients eventually like to book your own gigs, et cetera. But in your case, it's interesting because it's literally the skills that you need to apply during the show. And sometimes yeah. it just on spot, Five minutes you know, before. Like, or maybe to get to the table, or maybe to bring them attention, or maybe the table not to bring, like, you know, even, and I, I assume probably there'll be even other more nuanced, because this is the one I mentioned, probably the most straightforward, like, you know, come to that table, don't come to that table, but there are more nuanced aspects of adapt, adapting to different audiences, especially in the hotels that are like five-star hotels, they really want to make sure the experience of guests it's on the highest points and every guest will have their own expectation of what they expect as a 100%. good custom service from the hotel <laughs> yeah 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 in a five-star hotel having a client not happy is not an option they have to be happy it's uh there is no option the difference between the five-star hotel and a basic restaurant in a lebanese restaurant if the table one table they are not happy the owner he will be with me and he will tell, okay, it's okay. They are stupid. They will never come back. It's okay. But in a five-star hotel, all the clients, they have to be very happy. And it's very challenging because sometimes in the same room, you have a table with Swiss people, table with Russian people, table with people from Qatar. So we really have to adapt and to, to make something uh, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, you also during last few years had to adapt a lot probably in your life in general because you also are a quite young mom, <laughs> you have a young daughter and you were already full involved in ballet dance uh, uh, shows and performances and teaching classes. So how is for you uh, the experience of going through pregnancy and early uh months or first maybe year adapting with a child considering your physically active work uh, so when i got pregnant i i wasn't giving class anymore then i stopped to give classes and uh, I, I was only focusing on the shows because i was dancing enough you know i am dancing enough to be able not i don't have to be a teacher and so it was okay for me. I I want to enjoy being a dancer until I am too old <laughs> to dance. Then I will focus, I think, on teaching. Um, but of course, I postpone my pregnancy as much as possible to be able to dance, 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 because I thought if I stop now, I will never be able to come back. Then I saw on Facebook some dancers, they became mom and they came back to the dance life. So I saw that it's possible and uh, then the first year I waited uh, six months to go back to dance mm -hmm. uh, because I had a c-section and I was afraid to hurt my body so I waited six uh, months then the challenging part was the hours 
because the baby wake up very early and I sleep very late. So I kind of made a setting for her that she goes to bed very late and she wakes up very late. This is how I survived, actually. That mm-hmm. um, Because I didn't put her into daycare. I was taking care of her uh, 100%. Because here in Zurich, it's the daycare is so expensive. It's like 3500 per month for one baby. It's so expensive. And I wanted to spend time with her. So what I did, because I go to bed at, uh, between 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. So I was putting her to bed like at 11, 12 in the night after my show. She was sleeping until 10, uh, 11, 12. So we could sleep. <laughs> I could sleep also. Yeah, oh, I survived. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, may I ask, uh, during your pregnancy, when did you stop uh, performing? Or did you stop at all? Because sometimes they can perform throughout the pregnancy, uh, and it's the matter of their own physicality. That's all very individual. Like uh, uh, some can, some can't. Uh, but it's also the matter in, in this case of professional performances, the matter of venues, because maybe not all venues will want to have, like, you know, seen pregnant women performing because it's beautiful in a way, but in another way of commercial way of for, like for, for clients, they may be a bit frustrated, like what's going on? Like it's, yeah. it, it, for many people for, for who are not really into belly dance, it may be um very frustrating like they will not know how to react to this so how if you don't mind sharing how was it for you that period so i from the very when i knew i was pregnant uh i stopped dancing in a restaurant not because of the physique because still my belly was not uh big but because um we had a miscarriage in the family not me but my sister-in-law so my husband was afraid that i have a miscarriage if i dance he put this idea in his head. So he told me, please stop dancing. So I stopped one month. Then I couldn't. <laughs> I told him, please, I want to go back to dance uh, some months and then I will stop. And so I danced until the fourth month. So then when my belly started to be a bit round, I didn't like the way I looked. I, so in the life, it was okay. But in the for performing, I thought, Pregnancy is something and performing daily dance is something else, according to me. I don't judge anybody mm-hmm. who dances with a big belly. And so I stopped. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's very individual. And it, what matters is not only making money out of belly dance, but liking what you do, how liking how you feel, how you look. And uh, there are different stages in life. So that was, yeah. I was just curious to know, like, because yeah. everyone will have their own story. Exactly. And, how easy was to get uh, back into performing after having such a long break? And I'm asking not only from physical point of view, uh, but also uh, with the venues, because they probably within what, like uh, a year or so, they probably found already their own, like let's say performers, uh, uh, they had their own schedule. So was it easy for you or, or was it uh, you had to sort of get creative in a way how to, to get back into that life. No, it was easy because they were waiting for me. Not because, for example, I dance for a Lebanese restaurant. They have many venues. They have three venues. But I'm not the only one dancer. We were three at that time. So the two were dancing. I was pregnant. And so when I, it was time to come back, they told, I mean, it was normal that I come back. Just the owner... Uh, did something not so nice, I would say. He he asked me to come 
for like uh, any pretext he found a subject something because he wanted to check uh my body and if i <laughs> if um, i was still uh you know because of course you have to be good looking i would say i don't know how to say it i don't want to you have to be fit but you have to be yeah he wanted to check because at the end of the we talked and at the end he told me i'm so happy that uh, i'm seeing that delia she came back uh, as uh, she was he told me this i'm happy that you came back as you as you went as you was yeah, I, I guess it's not so nice, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, definitely not pleasant. But I guess it's the reality of today's like gigs life, like liking and not liking, why not like. But in most countries, people first of all will ask for photos, <laughs> and then even ask for dance videos. So it's just a part. That's true. It's not just, but it's just the the part of the game right now, and. Um, Let's see how it will be shifting or changing maybe in the future. But right now I can imagine like um, going through this because I also worked in the gigs and it's the first thing like asking for photos. You realize that first they want just to check <laughs> how you look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, along with dancing, uh, I know that becoming a mom uh also brought you inspiration for some writing yes <laughs> connected i guess back uh, in certain way back to the uh, writing creativity that you had in your previous profession yeah and you came up with two uh kids books yeah uh can you tell about the first one where did that idea why to create a book for kids inspired by belly dance uh, and not just come up with some story but actually put it together in a book how did that happen um so the first book uh, the name in english is noor in lebanon um the story of this book is i wanted to so uh i'm french my husband is lebanese but i speak the lebanese dialect so I want. I was reading a lot, a lot of books in French to my daughter, but I wanted also to give her the Lebanese language, uh, because I spend. I am the one who spends the most of time with her, not my the father because he works a lot. So I needed books in the Lebanese Arabic dialect, and there was no book on the market, and I wanted to give her the language through mm. books because it's a very good way to teach a language to touch such a young kids. One, uh, zero, one, two, they learn through books a lot and playing, of course. So I was looking at the market and I was asking my husband to translate the books I have in French in Lebanese, because if I translate my, myself, I can make mistakes, of course, in Lebanese. And he was fed up and told me, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't like <laughs> to, to translate the book. And I told him, look, there is no book in Lebanese on the market. I cannot find it. So he told me, just do it yourself. And I say, ah, yes, it's a good idea. <laughs> Write it yourself in French. You can do it. And I also needed a book that uh, related to the life of my daughter, which is a Lebanese baby girl, girl living outside Lebanon. So she can uh, know the culture, the country, the food, uh, the places. So the first book looks uh, Noor in Lebanon. You see some places in Lebanon. It's really, it's about 
a little girl visiting her grandparents in Lebanon, mm. which is a story of all the Lebanese kids from the diaspora. Yeah. So, yes, I, this is how I started. So I wrote it in French, of course, not in Arabic. <laughs> I found an uh, illustrator and then I made it translated in uh, Lebanese, in classical Arabic and in English. Yeah. Wow, that's so so cool and so interesting. And uh, did your uh, daughter like it? <laughs> yes, because uh, the main character looks like her, looks like her, so she's happy <laughs> to see herself in a book. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. And then you also had a second book, uh, which is particularly about uh, belly dance. Yes. It looks beautiful that when I saw and but can you tell a little bit about the story? Like why did you decide to do the second book? Again, I wanted to to read books about dance to my daughter, and I was finding fi- finding sorry I was finding only books on ballet. Ballet, 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 ballet. I was a bit fed up. I, I couldn't find anything else but ballet. And I said, okay, if there is not on the market, so there is a market, maybe I will do it. So I wrote, uh, it's more, I don't know in English, maybe it's a bit weird, but in French, uh, what I wrote is a poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you read it the first time, you think the lady is talking about dance, how she loves dance, how dance changed her life, how dance uh, accepted her with her, her flaws and her qualities. And then when you finish the poem, you see the lady is actually talking to her daughter, how she loves her daughter, how she loves her without any condition. It's unconditional love. It's about also unconditioned love, this book. And uh, yeah, that's uh, how this one was born. No book about uh, any kind of other dance uh, than ballet in the market also. Yeah. No, it's also very uh, interesting, very cool, because these are books specifically targeting, uh, they're created for very young kids. Yes, yes. It, it's literally just a simple poem, so it's not like any super complicated, you know, story, telling, like a long fairy tale or anything like that. No, it's very short. Yes. Mm. And it's very, very much illustrated. It's more, I would say, even visual book rather than like specific Definitely. about like story because it's for kids. They will not even be able to read uh, yet, but maybe it's one of the books that will they will learn to read how using that book or something like that. Uh, for you working with an uh, illustrator, uh, how was the process? I'm really curious because the book is a very visual book. It's mostly, yeah. I would say, like for kids, it's it's visual uh Visually exciting book. So for you, working with illustrator, what was your process? You just gave the poem and they came up with uh, illustrations or how was it? No, I gave, so I gave, of course, a poem and I gave, I'm talking about the second book, but also the first one, I have to send a lot of videos and pictures for the first one, for the first book about Lebanon and people and places and some important points. And for this uh, second book, also she got a lot of pictures, of course, video. No, and I say for this sentence, I see this, but I don't know how to draw. So I just have to tell her what I see, what I imagine, and she has to draw. But I give some direction. She was not uh, free uh, at all. (laughs) I see. Um, Where did you have there any 
maybe one or two very particular illustrations that they were very, very important for you, like or to have specifically this illustration in this way uh, for whatever reason, like uh, not as a series of illustrations, but maybe one or two really speaks to you of something very special to your heart. Yeah, the, of course, the last one when the dancer is on stage with the musicians, because I wanted also to explain my work to my daughter so she can see uh, what I do. As a, so it was a good way also to introduce her to to what I do. So mm -hmm. yeah, the final scene with, uh, no, it's not the final one, so the one before. Uh, yeah, the live music was very important to me because I am so lucky and blessed to have musicians with, with me all the time. And uh, the dancer on stage, of course. Yeah. Mm, I see. Have your daughter seen you performing? Yeah, twice. Once in the, the regular Lebanese restaurant and the second time in the five-star hotel, she came uh, with my parents and my husband. Yeah. Yeah. Did she recognize uh, her mom on stage in a costume with makeup or she just thought it's a, a pretty lady, a pretty princess on stage? <laughs> no, she hates it, actually, because she didn't recognize me at all. She's very involved if I prepare my show. So she will choose the costume with me. She will put the costume in the, in the luggage. Uh, she will help me with the makeup. So she's very involved with the music. She's involved. But then when she saw me performing, she had like a shock because first of all, the music is very loud and for her, it's uh, not comfortable. And I, I was some, someone else, especially I start with the uh, emergency. It's very strong. The energy is cool. I come, I turn, I have a veil. It's very, for her, it was shocking. So she hates it. And she, she doesn't want to see me again on stage or dancing. Well, it's also the age as probably the yeah, shock, yeah, yeah. super loudness uh, uh, exactly. and maybe crowded and all this uh, colors exactly. because sometimes it's just overwhelming. So uh, are you thinking or planning on continuing the series of books <laughs> anything on your mind so far uh maybe i have a third one i didn't write it but i know the subject but uh i'm so busy now with dance and uh, organizing i i am going organizing a show uh, so i'm busy with this i i don't have time for a book mm. Yeah. And uh, did you have experience of uh, connecting or reaching out maybe to other uh, ballet dance moms that found the book uh, uh, interesting or helpful for their own kids? Uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put yeah, it yeah. out I, and that's it. <laughs> and it lives on its own there. No, no, I got, uh, first of all, the, um, how can I say? The dancer, the community dancer, the they were very supporting. They bought the book. Uh, I want to say thank you because people, they bought the book and they liked it. They have nice feedbacks, even from people I don't know. So it was a very good experience. Yeah. Mm. And you have this book uh, translated in many different languages. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought maybe because belly dance is a big community. So I said, I will not do it only in French, in English. This is what I did with the first one because it was for the Lebanese diaspora. But this, I did it more for the, Lib uh, the belly dancer community. So I translated in Spanish, German, English, and French. And Arabic, yeah, five. Arabic also. That's a lot of different options uh, for yeah. people to choose, <laughs> and uh, choose the language. And uh, 
ah, I just thought like for some parents who are thinking about, uh, uh, because some parents are into this idea of developing multilingual skills uh, for the kids, uh, even having the same book in different languages can be an interesting yeah, tool. Like, you know, it's the same story, same things, but uh, spoken in different languages. And where can uh, our listeners uh, find these books, where they are available? Uh, on Amazon. Yeah. So they're abroad from because in france you can buy uh, in many libraries it's they are available but outside of france and switzerland uh, you need to order, order on amazon yeah. and both of them or just the last one all of them all both of them. Yeah. yeah that's that's so cool and uh, um now your daughter is three years old right she's a four now four at this point and um this is the time that I assume the kid is really evolving <laughs> a lot and rapidly and a lot of things are changing. Uh, so you were saying that in the beginning, uh, you adjusted like her schedule a little bit more according to your schedule to make sure that things can flow nicely for both of you. And uh, uh, as of now, because this is a very different age, do you feel like... Uh, mm, the experience of motherhood and going through this experience influence uh, your performance gigs in a different way than it was in the very beginning? Like, do you, um, maybe you have a couple of uh, adaptations that you had to do, adjustments or some tips maybe that you found for yourself uh, useful to do and then they may help other moms who are like, you know, in the same situation trying like, okay, I want to perform, I want to continue my passion in my career but I also want to make sure I'm here for my uh, kid uh, so I'm sure there are some little logistical and practical things to adjust and change in your life so maybe there is something else and something different now than it was in the very beginning when you just gave birth to your daughter uh, you mean the difference between when I just gave birth and now the first year let's say and now yes yeah there is no no not much difference because uh, we still have almost the same life. I try to spend as much time as I can during the day with her so I can go perform the evening and feeling that I'm full of her and she's full of me, you see? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So the difference is not so huge. Um, I wish I could take her with me to some places because in Switzerland, the the parties and the venue it starts it starts kind of early in the evening it starts at eight it's not like in Egypt or in Lebanon you have to wait uh, like 11 or 12 to start so she could be able to come but I I hope she will be okay to come <laughs> soon <laughs> I don't know uh, some tips no I can tell some tips in general that in with kids uh, maybe what you want to do, do it when you have time, because maybe after uh, your kid will be sick and you will be stuck. For example, preparing some music, sewing a costume. Uh, if you have time now, do it now, because maybe tomorrow you think you can do it tomorrow, but you will not be able to do it tomorrow because with kids, you never know. This is maybe one tip I can I can give. Yeah. Well, that's a good tip for in general for people, even without kids, don't postpone because life is uh, very unpredictable. Exactly. Thing. But yes. with kids, I imagine it multiplies like hundred and thousand times more. Exactly. 
Well, thanks for sharing. Well, I really appreciate that we found this time to talk uh, with you today. And uh, I was very excited to discover more about your story. I've been involved in ballet dance, but also uh, being a mom and active ballet dance performer. And on top of that, also being a book writer. But you also, on top of that, uh, host uh, decided to host a podcast. Yes, because I love radio. You know, I worked in the radio for 10 years so i love uh, radio yeah and uh, can you tell a little bit about your podcast i know it's in french language so it's for french audience but yes. uh, um what is the concept of podcast because i'm pretty sure we have some listeners here who are bilingual like they mm-hmm. speak english listening to us now but they also speak french and they may want to listen so can you share a little bit about your information about your podcast sure um, the podcast was born when the second book went out. I wanted to promote the book and to promote the book, I thought it would be nice to have the interview of a belly dancer successful that has been a mother and she survived. <laughs> so uh, the first one I interviewed was uh, Yael Zarka. You know her, of course. Mm-hmm. And she's an international dancer, performer, teacher. She travels a lot. So I was very curious because my my activity is quite local. I didn't develop on social media because I, I'm working enough here and I'm happy here. I don't want to travel, but I was and it's it's okay with being a mother. It's easier. And I was very curious how did she do, how does she manage with traveling and workshops and this kind of thing. So this is how the podcast bo- was born to promote the book through the interview. Then I really liked. To make interviews and I decided to continue but to not only about motherhood because halas, we talked about it we talked about motherhood so I was um, thinking about uh, going through deep topics and subjects according to oriental dance uh, relating sorry to oriental dance like cultural appropriation appropriation um, many many topics uh, as as deep as possible not only how do you where do you bring your costume and how about the makeup because we all love costume we all love makeup but we also uh, have to educate ourselves as a dancer about the culture the countries um the relation with uh, musicians with uh, people from the culture this was my point and uh sorry it's been one year now Mm-hmm. And where can people uh, find this podcast to listen to? Uh, it's on the platform, Apple, uh, Spotify, and also YouTube. Yeah. Um, and for you, for your future plans, what are your current dreams, goals for you as a dancer, as a mom, and uh, as a host of all your current projects? What do you see? Uh, how do you see the development of all this? Uh, about the dancing, so now I'm organizing a show, uh, the same I organized last year. We invite many dancers from Switzerland and abroad, and we raise money from Syria. So last year we did it, and we are going to do it again this year, the 2 of March, 24, um, 2024. So this year we will host, uh, we will have as a special guest uh, Zahra Bent Amar. I don't know if you know her. She's from Germany. 
So she will be the guest star. And we also do with live music. Always. I always do something with live music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this is something we are going to do every year. So this year is the second year. Uh, so, and this year, what is new, we added a workshop. She will give a workshop. Uh, instead, instead of only a show, we will give a workshop, like how is it to dance with live music. music. So this is the current uh, project and to do it every year. Also, I have another project with live music and going a bit on tour with an orchestra and making shows uh, with local dancers. This is also a, a project I have. Mm, going on tour in Switzerland or around Europe, around the world? <laughs> no, uh, Switzerland and France for touring. <laughs> Maybe Germany, but uh, yeah, this is a project to to do like, uh, you know, like they did the Billy Dance Superstar one time. They were going from a city to another. They mm -hmm. make association with a local dancer because I organized uh, the Billy Dance Superstar in my hometown maybe 15 years ago. I don't know. So I liked there is the idea to have a show and then the local dancers they do something uh, also like the first part. So, yeah, I, I'm preparing something like this also. So wow. I'm... I try to dance and as much as I can, if I'm able to dance and people they still look, see want to see me to dance. Wow, sounds very exciting. And uh, it's somewhere we need to start and then we'll see how it will continue and grow. So good luck in that project. Sounds really, really exciting and interesting. And I will definitely include uh, links uh, to your books into social media some social media on the uh, show notes to so the podcast episodes so people can follow and um, uh, see and discover more about your upcoming and current projects and before i ask you our final closing question of the podcast i once again want to thank you for finding time to uh, uh, chat with us today and to share your story. I know you have a busy schedule and uh, now every minute counts. <laughs> Even that's if it's to work, work, but just sometimes just to relax and chill. That's important too. So thank you so much for taking this time to uh, chat with us on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. I would love to close up uh, our conversation today with our traditional question, which I ask every single guest at the end. And the question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? Uh, I have a theory about love. Uh, if you can describe why you love something, then you love it with the brain and not with the heart. If you say, okay, I love this man because he's nice, he's good with kids, and he's, uh, then you love him with the brain and not with the heart. If you, say, if you say, okay, this person is a bastard, but I don't know why I love him, you love him, really. So if I apply this to belly dance, I'm not able to tell you why I love belly dance because it's in my body, my soul, my heart. I just love it. Then I can add some things like, yeah, I love the music. I love the costume. Of course, I love to dance. I love interaction with the audience. Yeah. But telling you something specific why I fall in love again and again, it's just because I'm in love and I don't know why I'm in love. <laughs> I'm just in love with Oriental dance and Oriental music. Also, it helps. Yeah. 
This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.